When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. You get all of our content on the other South Florida teams there as well. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. We do not have a paywall. And, of course, the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. This is a new sponsor but a proven business in the Miami area. More than 40 years of providing the finest seafood to the high-end cruise line industry and five-star dining establishments alike. And now Ocean's Finest. Ocean's Finest offers the same superior quality seafoods right to your door. Family-owned and based out of Miami for over four decades, they carry the best variety of premium seafoods from jumbo shrimp and large snow crab legs to individually vacuum-packed beautiful portions of Atlantic salmon, mahi-mahi, ahi tuna, and more that allow you to eat as you go while remaining fresh for longer. Perfect for summer barbecues and parties. And also makes the ultimate Father's Day gift for dad. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, you still have time to get it delivered for Father's Day. And to do so while getting 20% off. If you use the code 5RSN, that's our product code 5RSN at OceansFinest.com. You can get it delivered by the weekend. So check it out, OceansFinest.com your seafood source, and again, a business that's been there for 40 years and now can deliver straight to your door. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We've got a full boat tonight. We've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander, Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket and Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk. 305. We have a ton of stuff that we've got to get to over the next week or so. So before we tell you about what this episode is going to be about, do you want to tell you about some confirmed guests? Because we know that what's on everybody's mind is the draft and free agency. So we want to make sure that we cover all of that stuff. Of course, the draft is coming up next Thursday. So first, we're going to talk to Bobby Marks on Monday. You know him as ESPN's cap guy. He's going to go through everything with us on Monday. We've had Bobby on the show before. It tends to be one of our most popular episodes. We're also having our guy Sean Hyken on. Uh, familiar with Sean's work, used to be in Chicago. He's covered the Portland Trailblazers for the last few years. He's plugged in 
with that Portland front office. And he's going to talk to us about Dame Lillard also early next week, Monday or Tuesday. We're also working on Mark Schindler to help us with draft coverage. That's on Sunday. We've got other guests coming. So five on the floor is where you're going to want to be. And we're going to be publishing regular, regular episodes, but we do want to keep tying a bow on the last season because some of that now projects to the next season. And so today, Alex and Brady were at exit interviews in Miami at Kasaya center. And just to be clear on this, players do not need to speak. They are not required to speak, but sometimes it's instructive when certain players don't. Okay. And I was not expecting Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry to speak because I don't believe either of them have at exit interviews for the Heat before. I feel always LeBron did it, uh, I think, except for one year. Dwayne always did the exit interview. It's not Jimmy's thing. So I was not anticipating either of them would. Others who did not speak, Cody Zeller, Kevin Love. Again, I wouldn't wouldn't look into much related to either of them. But also Tyler Hero uh, did not speak, and I thought there was a chance maybe – that Tyler would speak. And am I missing one guys? Is there, Oh, Caleb Martin. But again, I wouldn't look much into that. He's under contract. Caleb's always been very sort of cooperative, open with the media and does a whole bunch, a bunch of this stuff. Yeah. So let, let's look forward now at some of the players who did speak and get into some of their comments. And, and I, I think we start here, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. We'll talk about Bam uh, as we go forward. He did speak. Eric Spolcher spoke. We'll, we'll layer in some of that stuff. And we will try to touch on some of what came out today about Bradley Beal, but we want to do that in other episodes. But let's start with Struess and Vincent, uh, Brady and Alex, because I, I think there seemed to be a consensus in listening to them, and I, I want to see if both of you guys had it, that maybe one guy feels there's a better chance of him being back than the other. Is, is that fair, Brady? I think both are pretty aware of their situation. I think that's the first thing. I think there's an obviously a human level to it where you're going to hear them talk about, like, say this stuff, how much they – they're going to look back over their recent years kind of thing and, and look at what they this heat organization means to them and all of that stuff. But it, to your point, there was a calmness to Gabe Vincent's interview where it felt like he, he, there's an idea that maybe he feels like he'll be back in a similar situation. As for Max Struess was a little extra in the, in the direction of like really making sure he gives his props to the organization. I even had some stuff where he was talking about uh, I couldn't have asked for anything more. You kept talking about how grateful and thankful he was for the opportunity. He said, this place is always going to have a special place in my heart. And those words <laughs> makes you think about it <laughs> in a certain direction, maybe. And that's the question, I guess. That, that, that was in terms of tying a bow on, on kind of filling in these, these days in between. I think that's the kind of the important part here because, I mean, you know, I know you've done way more of these extra interviews than anybody heading into these, this free agency stuff. But, like, it doesn't feel like you're going to get a lot out of these guys. Right. But the only thing you're probably going to get is just their their general mood and, and which direction they lean. And I think you kind of got that today with the, the directions that they kind of put forth. Yeah, and their agents typically tell them uh, to keep certain things under wraps and to say, you know, thank the organization. We're keeping our options open. It also, again, speaks to the quality of both people, I think, and, and what they've done in the organization and the, how much they respect what the organization's done for them. And so I'm not surprised that Max spoke about it today, even though some guys would duck it or that Gabe spoke today. Um, both of them have been incredibly cooperative with the media all the way along uh, to this point, and I wasn't expecting anything different. But, Alex, I guess in both cases, first thing, a lot of it's dependent on money, obviously. It starts there. It starts with luxury tax and second aprons and all kinds of stuff we're going to get into with the CBA and what the Heat are dealing with. Uh, but it also has to do with a couple of the other players already on the roster and under contract because – you know, Gabe Vincent's situation in some ways maybe tied to is Kyle Lowry here, right? Like, because, you know, are you going to pay that much at the point guard position if you're not going to move 
Uh, Kyle, and in Struce's case, similar, I think he's affected by Duncan Robinson because is Duncan going to be moved somewhere else, which maybe makes Max a little bit more valuable to you. But if Duncan's going to be here, and we don't know that, they don't know that at this point, um, then Max becomes somewhat expendable, particularly if you're adding backcourt help and depending on what happens with Hero. Is your conclusion kind of the same as Brady's, that maybe Gabe sees more of a path to return here than Max does? Well, yeah, I think that's how it came out, just with the way that they spoke publicly. I think, like Brady said, they both realized the situations that's kind of um, ahead of them now that the season is over. I'm sure they didn't want to have to, you know, really answer questions about it, like, you know, two days or whatever after <laughs> being eliminated from just an intense, incredible, magical, whatever you want to call it, championship run as an underdog. I'm sure, that, you know, all of it just happened so quickly, like I said, last time you know in the blink of an eye you know the finals are over and you're just out of it and and for them i'm sure there's going to be a period before they even start thinking about stuff like that and that's just kind of how it came across that max Struess, that might it, the way that it came across with him it, it, it was like if that was the first time he had actually thought about it there was like a <laughs> lot of pondering going on in public um and it felt like uh max Struess was just a little bit more real about it not and I'm, not that that's anything derogatory about Gabe Vincent, because I think he was more focused on like how proud he is of the guys of this playoff run, um, you know. And when, for example, Josh Moser of Channel Seven asked him, you know, what is he most proud of? He basically said, you know, the way that the t- his teammates and his coach look him in the eye when running a play for him or telling him to be more aggressive. So he was just kind of, I think, centered on all the good things that happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas Max, when he was asked about his free agency situation, it was a lot of like going back and forth. Um, a lot of pondering, you know, just to read off a quote, he started it off by saying, obviously money's a thing that's just for anybody, but these are moments that you work for and are opportunities that could be life-changing. So you can't ever take that out of it. And then he said, you know, I haven't had a better fit than being in Miami. He also said he's been spoiled in these few years that he's mm-hmm. been here. Um, he was very reflective. I think of his time here, um, you know, said that he's very grateful for all his time here. He also had an interesting quote about like his performance in the finals where he said the game brings out the best in you and it brings out the worst in you. And he seemed very enthusiastic about like working on the stuff that he, he feels he wasn't good at in the finals. So it was just a lot of directions. I feel like just Max was really, I think he did a really good job answering the question, honestly. And I think, you know, the way that the quotes show up on Twitter or Winnow, where I was spamming everybody's phone today with all these, with all these quotes, um, when you just read it, 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 it kind of comes off that way. But I just think, you know, he really did a great job answering that question, honestly. Yeah, and and look, and these are these are difficult uh, interviews for these guys because you don't want to say the wrong thing, too, which frustrates the organization, irritates the organization. I'll say this. I can Greg, feel that, too, when speaking. Yeah, speak. yeah, I, I mean, there's a certain level you're, you're trying to take care of. These guys have been conditioned to speak to the media in a certain way. And, again, it's not it, – it's funny because typically during the year – it's the team that's telling them to say this or not say this. And again, they don't, they they coach them to a certain degree. They don't censor them. I'm going to be clear. But once you get to this part, it's more the agent. It's more the people in their family. It's more their rep. It's it's that that's kind of the direction that this goes, because again, you're not really part of the team right now. You kind of are, but you kind of aren't. But Greg, I want to go to this because as we talk about both of them and we'll get into Yurtsevin and Jovic as we go forward, those were two of the more interesting uh, interviews I thought today. Um, But I think what, what's getting people is not just that there's so many variables with Beal, with Lillard, with other directions that the Heat could go, with whether Robinson's traded, whether Lowry's traded, whether Hero's traded. But th- there's also this incredible disparity about what these two guys are worth. 
Like, I mean, the, the Gabe Vincent conversation, I'll tell you, I, when I spoke to a couple of agents during the season, you know, they gave me really high numbers for Gabe and Max. And I was like, are you sure? Team's not playing that well. You know what I mean? Like Max's number is really high. And then it like cratered when I spoke to people. And then it went back up during the playoffs, particularly for Gabe, because, you know, he had such a record as a starter and he was entrenched as a starter. But like, even if you look at like some of the reports, okay, First, there was a report that Gabe was worth going to be worth around fifteen million a year, right? John Hollinger then puts out a projection that has him worth under six, which is yeah. less than mid-level money, That's right? So happened. fifteen is six. When I feel like it's kind of in the middle, like I've always felt like three years, thirty million dollars, Gabe Vincent, okay, part-time starter, part-time backup, sounds about right to me. Is that before we get to Shrews? Is is that nuts? Like. I mean, no, I, mean, I feel like the baseline for him right now is probably the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is somewhere in the 10 to $12 million right. range. And probably Struess for his specialist value, and I know we're going to talk about him separately, comes in around the same number. And so then to Miami, it becomes who, um, who do you want more? And the big thing that I took from the comments today, and shout out to Brady, Alex, um, and you, Ethan, for covering that because I didn't get a chance to. I was playing catch up on off the floor and on uh, Twitter myself. It just seemed like Max talked about things that felt like he was kind of saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. And Gabe said something about, I want to make sure that I play on a team where we have a lot of deep, deep runs and, and short summers. And to me, so that's like just they're on a different, they're thinking differently. And so I, I just, someone's going to throw a bag at Max. And so yeah. ultimately, if it's anything above the mid-level, I just, I I can't see the heat matching that at this, at this moment. But I think somewhere around the mid-level for both guys is probably fair value to estimate at this current moment. Yeah, and Max's value is probably hurt in the finals, no question. But that can be recovered quickly when you look at sort of the totality of his work and his growth. I, I just I, I think you hit on it, but see, then here's the other part of it. If we're going to end up, part of it is who they who they go after in the trade market and who they get. Correct. If you're getting Dame Lillard to start at point guard, then Gabe's not worth thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year, right? Because he's not going to be. I mean, he may play with some with Dame, but he may protect Dame defensively at some stage as Dame ages. But I don't know that he's worth that kind of money. If you're talking about getting Bradley Beal, then that's a different situation because maybe you're playing Gabe with Bradley Beal in the starting lineup. And Gabe is covering up for some of Bradley's deficiencies defensively, which have sort of cropped up over the past few years, which, again, is why we need to do a completely separate episode on Bradley Beal. And for those who are not familiar with that, I don't want to get into a lot tonight because I do want to close the book on this team as much as we can. But reports came out that Washington is willing to work with him on a trade. Um, And it came from Shams, okay, and I know some of Shams' connections there. So I believe it's legitimate that they're willing to work with him on a trade uh, if they're sort of going the rebuilding direction, which is something that they've never really been willing to completely do, even though they haven't had much success in the past few years, uh, even while not doing it. So we will talk more about Beal, and there's the whole issue of whether he's worth the money that he's getting paid right now and whether or not you could get a Porzingis, and these are all conversations we're going to have as we go. But I, I, I came reading the quotes and then sort of looking back at some of the videos that were posted, I got the same thing. It felt to me like Max would like to be back but kind of gets the sense that there's going to be more money from somewhere else. And if it comes down to that, is it really worth taking less to stay here when things are so in flux? You know, again, Duncan situation, whether or not you get another two guard, whether Hero's going to be here, 
I, I it, it felt more like a goodbye when these press conferences have been done before. And I've been surprised before. That's what I was going to say. We don't know, like all these guys could get shipped out in some huge mega deal. Right. And then they bring back Struess and Vincent as the supplement, like the very complimentary possible. pieces, you know, so it, the, the variables are endless, but I think you're spot on otherwise. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, I could count. I mean, there's a hundred players who, could, who we could talk about, but just one who comes to mind, like Derek Jones. I remember his last year. All he talked about was, I want to be back in Miami. I don't want to leave Miami. Uh, this is where I want to be. He's Bam's best friend on the team at the time. Derek Jones was out of Miami. Okay. <laughs> like, so it, so sometimes we, we hear these things over and over and over. We're assuming a guy's going to be back, and it's not, not the case. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about a couple of the other guys on the roster um, who did speak today, um, and particularly Yurtsevin and Jovic, because there are – Interesting dynamics with that as we as we look forward here. And also, we'll get to some exposed comments. I do want to mention our friends over at Water Cleanup. You can find them at WCUFL.com, WCUFL.com. We know the hurricane season's already started down here. You know, cause of water damage can happen, but it can happen throughout the year. So check them out at WCUFL.com or Water Cleanup of Florida, which is, again, uh, you can find Water Cleanup of Florida on Instagram and everywhere else. And here's the thing. They've got a preventative maintenance program, which will assist the average homeowner to become more aware of the primary maintenance needed to your home. Because we know once a disaster strikes, the insurance company is not often there for you. Okay, so check them out. You can sign up for that program. But if a disaster strikes or just any kind of a leak, mold, anything like that, reach out to Michael and his team at 954-579-0356, 954-579-0356. Great people. Him and Robert, also huge Miami Heat fans. They got more than 70-plus five-star reviews on Google. And what I always say, the thing I like best about them, is personal experience with this, okay, and people that I've sent to them, if they don't think they can do the job the best, they will not take the job, okay? They will assess your situation, um, and they will make sure that they can take care of it for you. So check them out at Water Cleanup of Florida, WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz. They got the guts. All right, the other place you should find the guts is prize picks. We know the NBA is done, but MLB goes on. Of course, Stanley Cup playoffs are no more, but they've already got the NFL season props on there, MMA, boxing, tennis, golf. It's all there. Check them out at prizepicks.com. Make sure you use that code 5, F-I-V-E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. We're going to be running a bunch of promotional contests with them as well, so check them out at Prize Picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's let's get to. I want to get to Jovic in a second, but I want to get to Omer Yurtsevin um, because he was kind of the forgotten guy this year. Uh, also, another player who did not speak today was Oladipo. We should mention that he he was other. So again, players have the right not to. Often, it's about half the team that doesn't speak. Uh, he just and sometimes guys are already sort of on their way out of town. So that's that's the reason that this happens. So I I want to get to Yurtsevin, Alex. Um, he was supposed to be a contributor this year. Right. Like going into training. I mean, he even started a preseason game and it just never materialized. Um, it was like two years ago. Doesn't it? I mean, but he got hurt, which was part of it. Um, but he spoke today as if a guy who's he's looking elsewhere. Right. Like he does not think there's any any place for him here. Yeah, that, I think for him, it definitely came off even more so than like whatever may have been thought about how Max Drews's comments came off. Like, however you see them on, on text is kind of just how they came came across in person <laughs> as well. And, you know, just to, just to throw some out there, he said, I think my priority is to play, and that's the way to get better. And then kind of in the middle of that sentence, he starts going back and forth, and he said, and reach the potential of the team and improve personally so you can help a team win. So he started talking about how he wants to play, and then in the middle of it started talking about how it's more about helping the team. So what you were talking about before, like guys trying to say the right thing, very, very much felt that with Omer's comments too, um, you know, was asked about his, what he's going to work on this summer. And most of what he was talking about was defensive abilities and, you know, being agile. He says he's gotten a lot better at that since his injury. He says he's feeling a lot better from the injury, but yeah, I just think the, the comments, a, a lot of the, a lot of it was having perspective after coming back from the injury, but you could tell he's eager to play. And it's just another guy whose status is up in the air because, look, I, I would probably think of him as the guy most likely to be gone next season, but you never mm-hmm. know. You never know, right? Because what if they just, like, if you can get him back for whatever that minimum is and it doesn't really cost you anything, then it's not, you know, if, if they just pick him over Cody Zeller for the same price and they just rather go with a younger guy and they've seen enough of Zeller, that wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. I just don't think he's going to cost you very much. So that's why I'm not even sure if he's most likely to be gone, just because he might he might be able to retain him for the cheap. I don't know that he's going to have offers out there. Um, and he wants to play. He he mm. really wants to play. And uh, I always like I always enjoy hearing him speak. You know, great eye contact. He always seems like very enthusiastic about um, answering questions. Just very soft voice. He like he 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 would be a natural as a podcaster. <laughs> very very like nice to listen to voice but yeah omer you could tell he, he really is enthusiastic about playing and thinks that he deserves to be playing yeah well i mean here's the thing about a lot of these guys and this is why i don't blame omer for this at all a lot of these guys we think of them as young guys in the terms of nba they're really not like omer's turning 26 in three days you know so he he wants to play because he wants to establish himself so he can get a real contract at some point and even though it does look like, okay, there was a spot for a big here, it just didn't feel like even when he came back, 
that Eric Spolster was inclined to play him. And, and uh, some of that was he fell behind, but also was defensive positioning. Some of the things he talked about even with us uh, before the season, but he feels like a real backup option for this team at this point. And I, I don't say backup, like he's going to be the backup center. I mean, like, he would have to get no other opportunities somewhere else, I think. And then they would seriously, then they would seriously look at coming back. I don't see him as a priority, but the other guy who spoke Brady, let's get to him. Um, Jovic first round pick. He talked about putting on the 16 pounds today, which is something we've reported before. I've watched him interact with heat players throughout the run when he, they really seem to like him. I don't know if it's that they like his ability or they just like him personally, but like, he seems like a natural kind of culture fit for them. And he is kind of like the untapped resource here. Like, cause he has all the skills that they need at that particular position. If he's going to end up being a four, he seemed, I think he grew this year. It appears that he grew this year. I'm not just talking about the weight. Like he, yeah. like he can end up being a six, 11, seven foot guy with guard skills but he's also the guy I would ask for to trade as a throw-in, right? Like, if you're not mm-hmm. asking for Caleb Martin's contract, you're asking for Jovich. What did you get the sense of from him today? Yeah, so the you mentioned the, the kind of gaining the muscle and weight. Just hearing – you mentioned the 16 pounds, but hearing 220 to 240, that's mm-hmm. like – that's just like a wild statement to hear just, just from especially a guy that's literally in his rookie year uh, – but yeah, he's definitely like a genuine, good-spirited guy. Like just talking in general, being around the guys. You mentioned the players, but even the coaches. Like if you watch him in his yes. in his pregame warm-up, he has like three. Usually, every player has like one assistant coach that does their workout. He has like three that are usually do, like doing stuff with him. The, the, and Karan comes over and he gives his kind of his his game-winning shot that he's eventually going to hit. Like they all have like a uh, feels like they put stuff into him to kind of move forward with. But obviously, we know things are always going to change when it comes to the trade stuff. But yeah, I definitely took some uh, things away in that regard. I asked him about kind of where he feels he's grown most from when he first got here to today. And he was just gave the pretty general answer of saying he's improved everywhere. He said he feels like he's really improved his shot. He seems like he's focused on like just overall movement in in general. Like it seems like he knows when you you hear about gaining 20 pounds, like you're thinking a guy's getting slower, but he's, I guess, been training in a way to keep him speed and just kind of, create lateral quickness in a way that I guess that was a uh, questioned when he first joined this team. So I don't think there, there's no reason not to be excited about what you're going to see, especially hearing he's going to be playing in summer league. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be a fun thing to evaluate, especially because we didn't even get to really see him in summer league this past year. No. Like he played a couple of games. It was up and down even like he had one big mm. game. Uh, but then, you know, some of the other guys talked like Jamal Kane, Orlando Robinson, and they were all talking about how excited they are kind of those three guys that play together in summer league, which should be a fun thing as well. Uh, you mentioned like guys, it feels like so many of these young guys in these exit interviews are just making a pitch for themselves. Like uh, <laughs> anything, it's like Orlando Robinson was talking about like playing next to Bam and becoming a better shooter and trying to emulate stuff from Kevin Love, like hearing that stuff. Uh, Jamal Cain is always pretty real about his stuff, uh, talking about some of the stuff, his improvements. And and then, hey, when Eisman talked, he was asked about Summer League and he was pretty much said, I just played in the NBA finals. I'm not, <laughs> he's not looking to play in summer league. Um, and that was the other thing. Speaking of, I was looking at, at his quotes right mm. here. It was funny when talking about Yurtsev and, and his idea of like uh, the kind of thing where looking forward, like I'm not going to, well, let me find it before I say anything wrong here, because I don't want to mess up his quote. Uh, for me, I definitely want a bigger role. 
this offseason is big for me to keep getting better. I think I can be a lockdown defender in this league for sure. And that was my point. They, I definitely want a bigger role thing was another thing that popped up. Him and Yurtsman were kind of the two guys that brought that up. Uh, but it's a different situation with Heisman. Yeah. Because he's going to be yeah. back no matter what. They're going to retain him no matter what. He doesn't really have a say in that. But it is funny to hear it because I know the fan base and all of us keep talking about <laughs> us wanting him to have a bigger role. And then hearing him say it, it's like, uh, I wonder where that's that quote is being pushed towards. So uh, it'll be interesting just to see his development. Because he was also talking about kind of where he wants to see his game go. He wants to continue to put the ball on the floor a little bit more, which I think is interesting and see if he's able to develop that. But ideally, like, especially if they make him, we're going to talk the trades eventually. He just has to have a consistent spot of three. It feels like if he yeah, can just have that, I don't even know if he has to worry as much about the on ball stuff. Like they have their guys to create on ball. You just got to be ready around the catch and shoot. I, I think the big difference and you hit on it. There is Yurtsevin, I think recognizes at this point, his bigger role, if it ever happens, is going to come elsewhere. Uh, probably on a bad team. Whereas Highsmith, I think, recognizes if he has a chance at a bigger role, it's here as as kind of a glue guy on a good team. And as, so that's that's the difference. And I think that they view them differently in that regard. And that's why, you know, again, even without the contractual situation, I think Haywood would be back and Yurt would not be. So that's where this is headed. But Greg, let, let's, let's kind of put a bow on some of those guys. And then I, I want to uh, finish in the last section here by talking about some of the things Spo and Bam said. Uh, but the Jovich thing is just tantalizing here because, man, you, you may need to throw him in somewhere. Yeah. And yet, of all the guys that they could lose, he's the one that I feel like in two or three years there would be regret. Is that is that crazy? I mean, he just has a higher upside than any of these other guys. And there's For so sure. much unknown. Because he's so young. Him. He's right. so young. That's like the what if part of that I think is hard to get away from. But then if you go back through the Rolodex of what ifs in young Miami Heat prospect history, the Durrell Wrights of the world and the other yeah. really young guys, it hasn't always been this situation where you gave up on a guy and he turned into Dirk or something like that. No, but, but, but I, I, I'm glad you mentioned Durrell. And this is no disrespect to Durrell who ended up having a very good career. But I remember when Durrell came in. And there are some similarities here in the sense that Darrell came into a, a really good team. It, that was not the plan. Darrell didn't take it as seriously as, as correct. Darrell was not. I, I actually went and spent some time with Darrell in Estero, Florida, when he was farmed out. When the Heat used to have it near Fort Myers, when the Heat, when Sioux Falls I was, used to I be. I was there. Yeah, and I went out there and I actually spent some time with him and Earl Barron in their little condo. Okay, way back when. And the problem for Darrell was different than Jovich. The problem for Darrell was he was drafted to a young, fun team with Lamar and Karan and Dwayne, and then they traded for Shaq. And it's like the expectations exploded, and Darrell was a kid. He was a kid who couldn't I, – I, at that point, I think he would admit it later on in his career, who didn't really know how to handle it. He wasn't ready for all that stuff, even though he was so close with Dwayne. The Jovich thing is different. Like I know he has some, some issues in being in the right place in the court, but there's a maturity level – with Jovich that was He's evident to the work. He is completely. And I, and, and we've seen that. And I think that is why the coaching staff reacts to him. I think they would swallow really hard. I understand we're on Jimmy's timeline, but I can see scenarios and maybe this is nuts where he becomes the deal breaker for them in some situations. They'd rather give up future them. picks. You're right. right. Ethan. Yeah, I, I think they want to keep him. I don't think he did anything. This I know people say Spo doesn't like him. That's not the case. Okay, season kind of moved to a certain point, and there was, and then he got he got hurt. He was legitimately hurt. The back he had a back problem late in the season. 
Um, and I just think that it, the season just got away and, and then it just wasn't really a place for him. They were trying to fix things, but not with a, you know, a, a teenager, basically. Um, I, so I, I think they would swallow really hard on that. <laughs> I want to close. I, we're going to mention uh, one more uh, sponsor here. Uh, Better Edge, use code 5RSN. It's betteredge.com. Again, there you're playing against others. You're not playing against the book. This is why it's legal in Florida and 43 other states. Check them out. We run, we're still going to run competitions there during the summer on MLB and other sports. Um, as we go forward here, WNBA, for those who follow, we're going to start providing content related to that. Check them out at betteredge.com. Use the code there, 5RSN. That's the same code we mentioned for Ocean's Finest, and you get $20 free to play. Check them out at betteredge. That's with an O. Dot com. All right, let's let's sort of close here. And again, we are going to do Beal episodes, Lillard episodes. We're going to do all this stuff, okay? Siakam episodes. Anybody who's out there, we're going to address need for the heat, possibility for the heat, etc. Um, I want to close with Spo and Bam, but did, did either of you guys, Brady or Alex, Greg, read into Tyler not speaking today? Because he's he had an opportunity. If he wanted to say his piece, if he was frustrated with not playing or he wanted to say about the whole recovery process, there was an opportunity today if he wanted to. It's a choice. It's and there's no slight to anybody who doesn't do it. But did anybody expect him maybe to talk today? No. When he didn't get in game five, I didn't think he would talk. I mean, I don't know what that would do for him. Like what, yeah. what was right. talking? I don't know if that helps anything. Like even if he is frustrated after what just happened, there's no reason to voice that to. Right public like it just is what it is at this point that's stuff that they have to deal with internally so i don't know that probably makes things worse if he talks so i definitely didn't expect them to talk and like you said there's uh the main guys didn't talk and it's it the only one is bam and bam just always talks bam just is right. always available to the media so we can't really include that uh so i didn't i didn't really read into it too much but yeah i don't know what that would have done for him really in, in general yeah it is amazing it's bam always talks it's yeah. just it's something i I, I know sometimes people get frustrated with I need to be more aggressive, but I, I, I give guys credit for, for when they, they're there all the time. And again, I wasn't expecting Jimmy or Kyle, but Sarah, I don't know what else Kyle could say at this point. I think Kyle did speak at exit interviews last year. Now that I'm thinking about it, because he made the comment about how the season was not a six, uh, right. Wasn't that the season was not a success because they didn't win a championship and yeah. people reacted kind of yeah. weirdly to that. Right. From, from what we recall. Um, so, so, you know, maybe he chose not to do it again. I can't speak for any of them. I was not expecting Jimmy to speak. I, that's just, he just doesn't at these kind of things. Um, even if they ask him to, so this is not going to happen. Uh, all right, let's get to Spo. Um, give me, give me one takeaway each Brady and Alex. One, one thing he said today that, cause there was a lot of platitudes and a lot of respect for his team and the teams that they faced said, we have enough. Uh, we had enough, et cetera, which you knew he was going to say here. He obviously, is never going to blame the front office or anybody else for not giving him enough. It's just not what he does. But either of you guys have one thing. I'll start with you, Alex, that uh, that jumped out from Spo's comments today. It's tough to pick one thing because I thought he had the most interesting comments, which is funny because Spo is usually, you know, king coach speak. He's not going to give you much. But I guess now that since the conversation has, you know, it's not necessarily about specific games or game plans or matchups anymore. Um, he can he can speak a little bit more freely. And he was just, you know, like you said, he was praising the team. He said that they had enough. Um, he really praised the steps that Tyler and Bam took separately. He kind of had soliloquies for each one of them. It was interesting to hear him address um, Tyler's frustrations with not playing. And he kind of praised that about Tyler. He's like, oh, I, 
you know, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he basically said, you know, I know how Tyler feels because, you know, we're all competitors here and you, you kind of want him to feel that way. And then just the stuff about Bam, he went on and on and on about how special Bam is. And you know me, I couldn't agree more. One quote he had was, he's a case study on how you can impact winning. And that partnership between Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo is special. I put that duo up there with any in the league. And he went on about, you know, the offensive improvement, all the responsibility he has offensively with the scoring, the screening, um, the playmaking. He really, you know, loved the ferocity. That was the word that he kept using that Bam plays with. And the most interesting to me, the most interesting thing to me of what Spo spoke about was uh, when Cooper Moorhead of Heat.com asked him about the offense stuff and kind of how he feels after the way that this playoff run played out on that end of the floor compared to last year. There was a lot of talk about how they're going to have to change up the offense. And he said, it feels different than that, but that's the highest level of competition in the finals. You got to give credit for how they stepped up their defense and they were extremely disruptive, disruptive in specific areas. Uh, we will go through that autopsy evaluating that, but it felt different than Milwaukee two years ago or Boston last year where we knew we had to make improvements if we and he also said, you know, if we didn't go through all that in the regular season, I think we would have really struggled in the postseason. And I think, you know, people, people are not going to like that, that quote, though, Alex. You know that, right? You you know why they're not going to like that quote because they they're going to say, and this plays into something, Greg, you've talked about a lot, is that they're going to. I got some of this in the timeline because it makes it sound like they think they have enough, and and, and so right, it, it doesn't it project that it says we yeah. knew we need. But to I mean, make they did. They kind of did. If everyone was healthy. They had, they had they got to the mountaintop. They just didn't close. But they had the enough, deal. largely because of him. Like th- this is see, this is where it gets so tricky, right? Like because because Eric is, you know, so you know, modest about this kind of stuff. And we talked about this early in the season that there's this expectation, and I guess with what Eric was going to get paid here over the next couple of years, maybe there should be this expectation. It comes with the territory, right? But like there's this expectation that he can again make chicken, you know, salad out of chicken bleep all the time. And I think in some cases that that hurts them because it, you come back to this. It's, I mean, if early in his career, it was like, okay, well first it was Dwayne the first few years, but then it was, well, anybody could win with LeBron, Dwayne and Chris, right. <laughs> Which really isn't true because we've seen a lot of super teams fall apart, but suppose a much better coach now. And now it's kind of like, well, what if you gave him the equivalent of LeBron, Dwayne and Chris, <laughs> what would that look like? instead of giving him a bunch of guys that he's got a mold who maybe have, you know, ceilings that aren't that high. Um, but I'll, I'll Brady, anything else other than what Alex said that kind of jumped out and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish here with bam and maybe a little bit of Duncan. Yeah. I'll say the last thing. And he had on the, the one quote that I thought was probably the most interesting is when he said, I'd put that duo up there with anybody in this league. When he was talking about Jimmy and bam, mm-hmm. there was a lot of Jimmy and bam today. And mm-hmm. I'm not somebody that reads into this type of stuff. Cause I'm not a narrative person. But it was a lot of and, and I remember this last year too. It was like when when people were talking, it was like Jimmy Bam and Tyler. Like it was always like that. There's that or pause. Big four, Brady, even. They said big four. They do include everybody, but they, they, did, but they did, but there was that one time at the Pat Presser. Was this before last season or the season before? Where he didn't include Tyler on the first go-round, right. but then he was pressed on it. Might have been a question by Ira or somebody else. He did include Tyler after that. But, but Spo, like you said, Jimmy and Bam, Jimmy and Bam, Jimmy and Bam. It was just a lot of that in general. And then hearing Bam just talk about kind of the, the way that they play, like kind of with Jimmy on this run where he was talking about just they've, they just will their way through. Like that's just kind of their mindset. And just hearing all that type of stuff, I guess, just 
was a minor takeaway. And then, yeah, the, just the way Spo talks about Bam, uh, I asked him about some of the stuff like defensively, just this, if he feels he's grown, I guess, as a defender from last year, because I there's always this look at him offensively, like improvement, 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 but nobody t- like talks about the improvement defensively. It was just mm-hmm. interesting hearing them talk about because you always talk about Spo and kind of the way he's been going at narratives and <laughs> national media. I felt like that here too because what I asked him about that he said the quote was he doesn't necessarily get acknowledged for that because he's not putting up the big shot blocking numbers or whatever metrics they look at. So he was like going at everybody here again just to int- he's always going to do that with Bayer because he's always going to have his back in that way and it's warranted. So it was just interesting to hear kind of the uh, there was a big emphasis on Jimmy and Bam. I'll just say that. Eric Spolster is never going to want to part with Bam Adebayo. He's just not. And I, I fans don't understand why sometimes, maybe. And I, I feel like there's somewhat of a lack of education, and maybe we, maybe that's somewhat our fault on that. But he is never going to want to part with Bam Adebayo. He, he, he views Bam like Bam's going to be here for the next 15 years, and that's just the way it's going to be. And, you know, but one of he, one. He, one of one. And that, that's how he views him. Uh, so let's close with this because there was one other guy who spoke today. I thought it was Duncan Robinson spoke today speaking of another guy that Spo went to bat for um although he didn't act like it with, with the playing time over the past couple seasons until the playoffs uh anybody want to jump in on anything he said was there was there, i mean he's under contract so it's not like it's not the same as with max and gabe which is why we didn't start with him anything duncan i said? mean i'll say he had the guts to sit to talk and you know he could have been pressed with tough questions but he ended the season in such a good form that I felt like it ended on a high note for Duncan. So that probably, you know, is what lended him getting up there and having something to say versus if he was completely shelved, he saved the season for himself and he goes into next year with a completely different perspective than I think he was going to have. And that's a huge part of this run that I think we shouldn't undervalue whether he's in a heat uniform or elsewhere Duncan Robinson has reestablished himself to a degree and he can come into next season with a completely different mindset in terms of where he is in his pedigree and in his tier throughout the league because he gained a lot of that back with this run I feel like in training camp in the Bahamas this year he was trying to when I spoke to him he's trying to talk himself into the fact that this would be a bounce back season. But I think seeing the success that he had at the end of the year, he will go into next season, believing that he should have a role here or somewhere else. And he's going to earn that role. So I, I, I do think it's done as well yeah. to your point. Yeah. And, and I think, I think with him, that is always something. And look, it's not just him. Uh, you know, Max Drew seemed to lose a little during the finals too. And we've talked about how much he's had. Um, I don't know that Caleb lost it necessarily, but he didn't have the kind of finals that I think he was hoping for after the Eastern conference finals. But he's under contract, too. We'll see. He's going to be a player. Look, a lot of teams asked for Caleb and Max. I can tell you, they asked for Caleb and Max at at the trade deadline this year. A lot of them. More so than they asked for Gabe, was what I was told. They could have flipped Gabe for, like, a late second-round pick. But Caleb and Max were players that other teams wanted. And I think that in the Caleb's case, again, Max's situation is different because he's he's unrestricted. But Caleb's case, that's going to happen again. And the Heater may have to make a choice, some money – Make him down to throwing in Caleb Martin or throwing in Nikola Jovic, and that will be an interesting podcast, I think, if we actually have to do that one going forward. I, I know people want to talk about Bia, Lillard, et cetera. We will. We promise. We wanted to close the loop on this team. Thanks for our sponsors. Oceansfinest.com. Use that code 5RSN. Get 20% off. Still get it by Father's Day. Better's Edge. 5RSN. Prize picks. Use the code 5. Water cleanup of Florida. You got the schmutz. They got the guts. We'll be back tomorrow.
Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.